Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tiffany, I think we're alone now in LMFM's 11 to 1. It is the most Mondays of Mondays. I've... I didn't put my microphone on properly. Like, I mean, how ridiculous is that? Also, I stubbed my toe off something there early, <laughs> earlier on as well. Luckily, the coffee is nice and hot and I'm here with you, which makes me feel so, so good. And we're talking showbiz now because all eyes, of course, was on the Glitterati last night. The 77th BAFTA Awards, the best and biggest names in film descended upon the Royal Festival Hall in London on Sunday, including... Our very own absolute legend of showbiz reporting, Thomas Cross. Yeah, he was there. He's got lots uh, to fill us in on as well. Uh, but this um, night returned with actor David Tennant as as host. Fantastic host. I mean, he's just absolutely amazing. And of course, it was all about Oppenheimer winning Best Film and sweeping the board in all of the major categories at the ceremony. So it won seven gongs, including... Drum roll, please. Ba, 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 ba. Yes, Best Actor for Killian Murphy. Also Best Supporting Actor for Robert Downey Jr. And Best Director for, Killian, or for Christopher Nolan. So it had the most nominations with 13. But it wasn't just the winners that were making the headlines with some emotional, hilarious and incredible moments on stage. So some of the things that people are talking about today. A man that I would just love to meet. He is one of my all-time favourite up there actors stars, just heroes. I've read all his books, watched his documentary, uh, saw all his movies as well, Michael J. Fox, and the man received a well-deserved standing ovation from everybody uh, on Sunday night as he took to the stage in a wheelchair to best uh, present the best film to Oppenheimer. So he was helped to the podium, but then just in true Michael J. Fox style, he got out of the wheelchair and got made it to the podium and everyone just roared with applause. And yes, I choked back a tear. Even talking about it now, I'm choking back a tear. What an absolute legend. Another viral moment for you. Sophie Ellis-Bexter, who I'm so delighted for, she delivered a show-stopping performance of, of course, her iconic Murder on the Dance Floor song, which just has made its way back into the charts, courtesy of Saltburn. Um, absolutely brilliant. And she had a, an incredible performance. Looked like she was having the time of her life. Also, we love a bit of crack, don't we, in the audience? And Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone delivered because uh, when she was making up her way to the stage for getting the award for leading uh, actress prize, he, of course, winked at her as she made her way to the podium. It was class. It was a lovely little moment. Samantha Morton, another amazing, incredible actress who I've loads, uh, just loads and loads of respect for. She received the British Films Academy's highest honour, the BAFTA Fellowship, and she dedicated it to children in care. So people might not realise that this amazing English actress and uh, director, she um, was somebody that grew up in foster care and she used her emotional acceptance speech to pay tribute to Ken Loach's 1969 film Kez, which she said left her forever changed because she saw people like herself on the screen. And she says representation 
matters and as she uh, played big tribute as well to all of her co-stars over the years. So those were the sort of standout viral, viral moments. Absolutely fantastic. And Killian Murphy accepting his award with the, with the phrase and I think we should bring it back. Oh boy, holy moly. Thank you very much to the baptized set, which is just fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. And of course, Crossy caught up with Killian Murphy after the awards. And this is what he had to say about the win. I mean, it's a little overwhelming. Sure, I don't think it's probably uh, sunk in yet for any of us. Uh, it's kind of mind-blowing and thrilled and uh, a little shocked uh, at the moment, I suppose. Ask me in a couple of hours, it might be better. Fantastic, humble as ever. What an absolute legend he is, and no doubt, I've no doubt he's going to get the Oscar. Now, something else uh, th- that happened as well at the um, awards was, of course, the fantastic Richard E. Grant, who I just adore. What an absolute legend he is as well. He was chatting about Barry Keoghan and working with him. And also as well, I read this morning that he's discovered, Richard E. Grant has, that uh, after a gift he was given um, for some from his son-in-law for Christmas, you know, these ancestry gift things that people get, he's discovered that he's actually 25% Irish. So there you go. But he's absolutely lashing the praise on Barry Keoghan here in another clip. Richard, can I ask about Barry Keoghan? Uh, what's your lasting memory of him? Oh, he's an unbelievable talent, that guy. Yeah, he's, he's extraordinary. You have no idea what he's going to do. Oh, there you go. Absolutely brilliant. And we'll have more of that as the show goes on. Uh, and also you can find lots of BAFTA content on lmfm.ie. John Legend, all of me, music from Lewis Capaldi on the way. Plus, I've come across a new term over the weekend. You've heard of cleavage. Mm. But what about heavage? Yeah, more on that as well. The 11 to 1 show. This term first popped up in the Urban Dictionary in 2007, but the trend actually began in 1977. And Barry Keoghan and Paul Meskel are now amongst the biggest influencers in fashion, bringing this back. What am I talking about? Heavage. Heavage. What do we think this is? It's like a mystery word from Grace Tierney and Word Foolery. But I promise you, this is a thing. This is a thing that's happening on red carpets all over the place. I'm not sure. I don't know if I like it or not. Heavage. Uh, going to be talking about this more. And I've got more audio as well from the BAFTAs on the way right after Lewis Capaldi. I'm not sure he's going to be pulling off the heavage trend. I think he's far too cool for that. Lewis Capaldi. Heavage. What is this? Well, it's like cleavage, but for men, essentially, right? And this is very much being talked about because Barry Keoghan and Paul Meskel, who are now the biggest influencers in fashion, um, they uh, are using this, right? What is this? Okay, so it's a man wearing a low cut top which shows off just about an inch of chest or a little bit more if you're feeling brave. Now, I don't know. Is this one of these things now that just sort of exists on a red carpet? Like, I don't think you could be, you know, sporting a top with a lot of heavage in it on a Friday night in your local. Do you know what I mean? Also, what sort of condition does the chest have to be in? Like, you know, like, are we talking very ripped? Are we also talking waxed as well? You know, I I think you're going to have to be very confident to pull off this look as well, because 
women are a bit funny, aren't we? About like guys showing off their their chests. We're a bit like, oh, it's the it slightly goes into ick territory. I'm going to say personally for me, it's almost ick territory, right? Even Paul Meskel and Barry Kogan, I'm going right. Okay, it's a red carpet look. Maybe, maybe I'll let it slide. Do you know what I mean? But there you go. Apparently, this. Word was uh, defined in the Urban Dictionary in 2007 as male cleavage, often seen when a button-down shirt is unbuttoned to an extreme. <gasps> also, the trend goes back further again with John Travolta, of course, likely had to have kick-starting this with his unbuttoned shirts in the 1977 classic Saturday Night Fever. Complete with hair, doesn't he? In that, I'm going to have to check that one out. But yeah, there were, there, oh yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is going to catch on. Men in the North East, I would love to hear from you. Would you sport... A heavage look. Would you be would you be brave enough for this? Let me know. 086-1800-658. Now, discussing BAFTAs and Paul Meskel, our man Crossy did meet Paul Meskel on the red carpet last night to talk about all of us strangers. This is what he had to say about what the message is in the film. The message I want to give from the film is I never want to prescribe to an audience what to take from a film. I think they're taking audiences are taking a vast array of um, feelings and tones and, and, and conversations are starting as a result of people leaving from the film. So I'm just urging people to go see it and take from it what you will. I always think it's an important... I never want to prescribe what people feel from a film. But yeah. There you go. There you go. Paul Meskel, all of us strangers still haven't seen it. It vanished from the cinema. I wasn't quick enough. So hopefully I will catch it as well. But uh, yeah, unlucky last night. But I think that movie, a lot of people are just saying the performances by both himself and Andrew Scott. Just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. But uh, yeah, messages 086-1800-658. Heavage, men of the northeast. Are we going to be going like Paul Meskel and Barry Keoghan with a bit of heavage sporting over the next little while? I'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. Jerry Fish with True Friends. We're going to meet two true friends who met in an unlikely place over four years ago, they have a passion for military mem- memorabilia. That's what brought them together. And tonight, they are featuring in a new TV series. It's called Life in a Million Ads. And it sees presenter Roisin Murphy dive into the fascinating world of online marketplaces where you can buy and sell just about anything. And the lads are featuring in tonight's episode, which is on RTE1 at 9.35. We're going to be meeting Mark Roan and we're also meeting Ken Maddock. Uh, they're going to join us next. The 11 to 1 show with Gilmore's E-L-M-F-M. My first guests met in an unlikely place over four years ago when their passion for military memorabilia brought them together. Now their story features as part of a new series on RTE1 which is airing tonight. It's called Life in a Million Ads and features presenter Roisin Murphy as she dives into the fascinating world of online marketplaces. I'm delighted now to be joined on the line by Mark Ronan. He's from Meath and Ken Maddock from Maynooth to tell us more. Good morning, lads. You're very welcome. Good morning. Great to have you on the show. Now, I'm going to chat with yourself, Mark, first of all. So bring me back to the start. Where does your interest, first of all, in all things military memorabilia come from? Well, funny enough, I think it stems from movies and TV shows. Oh, listen, Um, Mark, you're speaking my language already. Love it. (laughs) Well, I I remember I I watched Band of Brothers as a child. And there was a military surplus shop uh, where I'm originally from from Tipperary in Clonmel. Mm. And they had... It had the same helmet that the guys on the show had. And I saved up all my money at probably age 10 and bought a helmet. And I haven't looked back since. 
Wow. Um, so yeah, at it, that young age and to kind of, you know, have that drive to save up the few pennies in the pocket money as well, yeah. Mark, to, to, to get this. Because I'd be with you there now with in terms of the kind of movie and TV memorabilia. Absolutely. So yeah. so um, give me the, an idea then of some of the things that you'd be partial to collecting. So as we say, starting off age 10. So where, how did it develop? So um, I kind of, after that, it, it slowed down quite a bit. You know, whenever I could pick up anything, if I ever saw anything kind of in a shop or sometimes I'd go to car boot sales when I was a kid with my dad. But it slowed down when I was kind of a student because, you know, I didn't really have much money. Yeah. But uh, I kind of got to the point just before COVID and I was working and earning and I kind of said, Jesus, I don't really have, you know, I was playing sport, but I didn't really have a hobby. Mm. And uh, I always had this, you know, penchant for history, loved history. And again, the TV shows like Band of Brothers, The Pacific, and all the kind of movies you grew up with as a kid, I kind of went, well, I'd love to collect some more military items. So I started on adverts.ie and and done deal, essentially. Um, And it was there where I I ran into, into Ken and, and a few others like Ken who, you know, who were dealing fairly heavily in, in, in military things, you know, uniforms, um, badges, that sort of thing. And I'd always, the other thing kind of running from TV shows and movies when you're a kid, I always wanted a sword. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> and um, one of my favourite TV shows growing up was a, was a TV show called Sharp uh, with, with Sean Bean and Daryl O'Malley, actually, from, from Limerick. And he I've had heard a, this, but never yeah. seen it. Yeah, I know. I, I've I've heard about the Sean Bean series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny enough. Uh, as Sean Bean goes, it was one of the first shows that he was in that he was the main character, and yeah. he made it to the end of the series. <laughs> but um, he had in that Sharp has a special sword, okay, seventeen ninety six heavy cavalry sword. And I, as a young lad, that was the sword I wanted. And when I started collecting. I put it into my brain. I said, geez, in the next 10 years, I'd love to have that particular sword. And I think I had it collected within about two years. So, you know, it it moved a lot quicker than I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah, because like you're thinking, I'm never going to get my hands on this. But this is where the wonderful world of the internet comes in and the likes of adverts, as you say, comes into play. So talk to me about um, Ken, first of all, before we, we bring him in, because Ken sold you something very specific, isn't that it? Yes. So what happened was, I like that, it was just before um, COVID. So um, I started going on to adverts and learning about how to kind of use the site because you can use, you can use it kind of as, a, as an individual starting off mm. and it's, it's very useful. But when you kind of get to learn the site and certain things you can search for and how the algorithm works, you can kind of really use it as a, nearly a search engine for what you need. And I was kind of looking about and I spotted an ad from Ken, which was a, uh, a holster. Um, and it was a certain type of a holster for that would have been kind of used by um, tank corps in the First World War. And uh, the RFC, the Royal Flying Corps, would have had the similar holster. And I thought that was, I'd never seen one like that. And so I went on to Ken's ad and I looked at as well his profile. And I saw that he had previous history of selling a lot of military items and also had some other things on there that I quite liked. So I contacted him through the ad. Now, that was four years ago and I still haven't bought the holster off him. He actually, he, he, he managed he managed to put a fast one on me and I didn't end up buying the holster that I wanted, but I bought other stuff off him. And 
Yeah, so it went from there, and I, I, I messaged them, and, you know, as well, like, adverts can be quite an interesting. You're meeting people for the first time and, and yeah. buying things off them. But myself, what happened was I went to Ken's, and I bought the first thing off. If I remember correctly, what I actually got off them was uh, a lovely pocket watch and a little fruit knife, a little silver fruit knife. And then COVID hit, and, you know, for the first few months, you couldn't meet anyone. Yeah, of course. And when the restrictions lifted, Ken kind of messaged me. He says, look, I have a, a few more things do you want to meet up and have a chat? And we did. And then he said, also, coming down the line, I actually have a guy who's been on to me with a, a, a job lot of bayonets and swords. Would that be of any interest to me? And I was sitting there, giddy as, <laughs> as could be, kind of going, that sounds amazing. But again, when you're first meeting someone like this in adverts, you don't want to show how excited you are. Well, because, this is you know, it. Yeah, you're yeah. not sure who you're going to meet. Let's bring Ken into this one now, because Ken, we've got a bone to pick with you now straight away. Why did you not sell him the holster? I actually sold it to another guy, but it's sort of funny that that brought us together in that I sold it to somebody else. But And then I actually said to Mark, I've got a comparable holster you might like. But the chap that I sold the first holster for, I think Mark has done well enough out of that deal as well because he's become a mutual supplier to us. And okay. To, to, to everybody else in the world, I think, myself and Mark are, want the exact same stuff. But in the world of collecting, it's sort of into specific areas and you go down little alleyways that you are interested in and it works out that what Mark is interested in is comparable to me but not the same so we have a really good symbiotic relationship and the job lot that Mark's referring to there was items in that job lot I had no interest in whatsoever but I thought from talking to Mark he might have interest in that so again you want to go 50-50 on a deal you buy some and that really is a beneficial way of buying because you're actually bundling things together. So he did really well out of that deal. So, yeah, the holster's gone. I don't think it's ever coming back. Well, I, got... I, I think in parallel, he, he prefers some of the other things that we've come across together uh, as opposed to that one holster. Yeah, absolutely. So so talk to me then about meeting Mark then, Ken, because you're an avid collector. You had been a little bit more used to adverts, I think it's fair to say as well. So when you met Mark first, had you kind of found sort of a kindred spirit? Did you feel he knew what he was talking about? Oh, yeah, most definitely. And and like the, fir- the first meeting, you generally meet on, on, on a neutral ground and uh, in a car park, uh, literally meeting in a car park and having a discussion and again, the first meeting, I don't know who got the better of that meeting. Did I sell him something that wasn't very good and he spent more than he should have or not? So, again, we, we've never really discussed the, the, the nuances of our first date, I suppose you'd call it. Uh, but, um, yeah, you're, you're trying to figure people out and what they want. But but a lot of buying, like when you're getting these things, people will generally offer you something for sale. Yeah. But there's always more to be gotten. And one of the rules that we would have would be you always try to be fair to the seller because you never know what else they're going to come along with. And if you've got if you get good stuff from one person, they might pass you on. Oh, I must pass you on to another friend of mine and back and forth. So, so it's become this community. Up up, uh, so you never yeah. know. You never yeah. know what the other person has there. Yeah, absolutely. So Mark has given us a little insight into some of the stuff that he has collected. What is the most impressive thing that you have in your collection, uh, Ken? Uh, the most impressive, well, it's all beauties in the eye of the beholder, but one of the items that I really love that I have, it's a Zulu war staff that a commander-in-chief would have used to direct his armies back in the 1870s in South Africa. 
You said uh, that like, very blasé now, Ken. That's quite impressive, particularly for a history buff now that might be listening in. Oh, yeah. It's it's a really special item to me. That that's, I, I always loved the film Zulu. Yeah. Uh, Michael Caine film yeah, yeah. as a youngster. Uh, and this would have been, a stick comparable to this would be featured. And there's, a, there's one very, very similar in the British Museum. But I picked up that staff. It's so special to me. It's a very tactile object. It actually features in the film that's airing tonight. But I picked that up at a car boot sale uh, for a pittance because the seller didn't have any interest in it. I didn't really know what it was when I bought it, but I said, hey, I might as well buy it. It, might, it looks interesting. So it's probably become one of my more special items um, in, my, in my collection. So you're not parting with that one anytime soon. So talk to me then about adverts and how it works. Mark gave us a little bit of an insight into it there. You guys also, as well as adverts actually, you guys also go into online auctions as well, which is a whole different kind of ball game there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a. I, I probably would have introduced Mark. You know, he'd probably come back and say I didn't, but I would have told him about how auctions work. And there's an awful lot of auctions going on in Ireland, and it's a whole, nearly society there of things for sale that you can actually do searches for what items you want. So we would also always do searches, and nearly every morning there's a new auction popping up, and you can see what's for sale. And by part of buying things. You're going to look at things and say, oh, I'll never get one of them. But there's always different things popping up. And you have to control how much money you spend on these things as well. Of course, yeah. But there's always something will come along. But sometimes, uh, and I would be a victim of this, that you just, you you get a flush that you have to own this item Mm. and hang the price and you just go for it all guns blazing. And that that can be an expensive experience. but, But these items, you have to, when you get them, the money will come again, hopefully, but the ice you might never see again. So it's always very exciting buying things at auction as well. Yeah, you have to weigh it up, as you say. Mark, I'm going to bring you back in there on that point, uh, just about sure. the auctions. I think you did mention to me now this morning, to be fair, that Ken was more experienced in the auction room. Yeah, exactly. I, Ken's, Ken's been very disingenuous to me there now. In fairness, <laughs> I actually did say that you you taught me quite a lot because... When I started out like that, I, I've only really started, and it, it's funny what, what I show and feature on the show this evening. I have literally, most of that has only been collected within the last four or five years. Um, so I've only, uh, when it comes down to, to heavy collecting and, and really getting into the craft, I've only learned in the last four years. And one of the things I've learned like that with starting an auction beforehand, I would not have known how to register for an auction, how to bid, the increments, the percentages after your the hammer falls, and Ken has been great in helping me. And I think it's something that COVID has somewhat helped with people being bored at home. A lot more yeah. people are now buying in auctions, and it's helped auction houses. But it's actually a lot easier to get into than one. It's, it's a very daunting thing, yeah. but it's actually a lot easier to get into. And like like that, Ken saying most of the more like we'll, we'll kind of go and have a, a, you know I'll be having my breakfast and I'll be checking the auctions that have come up on that day. And myself and Ken will be flicking messages back between each other going, did you see this? Have you seen this? This would suit you. And these types of things. And as well with the auction scene in Ireland, it's quite interesting because of our proximity to the UK um, and our colonial history with them, which mm. some might say is unfortunate. But yeah. some of the items that, like like Ken's, the, the Zulu staff, you, you know, and things like that that come up in auction, you know, speaking of that Zulu staff, funny enough, what came up in auction there recently enough was the medals of Francis Cleary, 
who laid out the camp at Isan Luana during the Zulu Wars when the British had their huge defeat. You know, these things come up yeah. and they come out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, and, and, and this ha- is the beauty, isn't it, of this online mm-hmm. world? And this is something that's going to be, I suppose, a spotlight will be shone on yes. this, um, you know, uh, tonight in the series. So give us a little idea of what the series is about then. Yeah, so in fairness, uh, it, it came out of the blue and we were we were approached and then Roisin came out um, and we filmed, we actually filmed, um, we filmed, uh, filmed in a barn uh, where I live and Ken brought over his collection and essentially she went through our collections but also she had brought some individual pieces and she's so, and in fairness, Roisin is so knowledgeable on what I'd call Dublinalia, she knows everything to, about everything about Dublin. Yeah. And some of the things that we have are very Irish items. And one of the things I think that I feature is a, is a map of Dublin from 1892. Oh, amazing. And going through the old roads and things like that. And so we went through through that piece. And she well, originally, and we'd, we'd met, we'd met at, um, at the car boot sale in Ferry House. Oh, uh, yeah. Which which is a great, great car boot sale. We'd met her there and she's got a great interest in Waterford Crystal and I actually have a family connection to Waterford Crystal. My grandfather used to work in Waterford Crystal. So um, we, we struck up kind of a rapport on that. But, you know, we were showing off different things and, and I'd work off the premise and she would fully agree with me. I think a lot of things that were made within the last, over, let's say, 100 years ago, in my mind, you know, they were made to last. Oh yeah, they've lasted say a hundred years at this stage, and so like they're of top quality. And and, and you know we were showing each other. She had actually uh, an Omega pocket watch. I don't want to give too much away for the yeah, show, yeah. but I had I had a nearly similar one on the table, and we both were looking at them. And you look at the craftsmanship, mm. and that's why this 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 economy has grown up on online. You know, someone who has an item that they don't fully use or appreciate, but they'll hand it over to someone who will get use out of it. You know, my you know my girlfriend sometimes gets 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 great enjoyment out of seeing some of the things I bring back. You know, I got a lovely wax jacket the other day off adverts, and the guy said to me, he said, "I've I haven't worn it in ten years, and I I wear it every day." Yeah, you, you see, know, this is it's, what it's, and that's fantastic about this series as well because it's kind of it's bringing that sustainability angle, that circular economy angle back into it. Ken, just before we finish up, can I ask you: Are you on the hunt or on the lookout for anything particular now to add to the collection? Oh, there's always something <laughs> on the hunt. Yeah, um, yeah. I I think the particular, uh, and this is where it gets awkward. You buy one thing, and that can lead to require for another thing. Um, so I bought a British Army red coat from oh. the 1880s, which would go well with my Zulu collection would, yeah, yeah. Of, of items. So I think I would like one of those white pit helmets now that Michael Caine's character would have worn yes. that film. I think I, I'm, I'm sort of looking for one of those at the moment, but um, you, you never know the next phone call because we would have a network of people who are constantly sending us images of Hey Ken, you're interested in this, or I said no, not myself, but Pastor Mark. So we never know the next text is going to come through from a contact. But at the moment, I think a pit helmet would be would be the featured item. But again, it's outside my collecting area. But trying to stay focused is always a difficult point when you're trying to acquire these things. Well, this this is it. This is it. Well, guys, it's been absolutely fascinating chatting to you both. Looking forward to watching uh, this now tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time out to have a chat with us. 
Thank you very much for having us. Thank you so Thank much, you. Mark and Ken there. They're on tonight, Life in a Million Ads, or to E1 at 9.35. The 11 to 1 show. Going back in time now to 1914 when people posted children. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 77 Yes, you heard me right. On this day in 1914, four-year-old Charlotte May Pierstroff was mailed by train from Grangeville, Idaho to her grandparents' house 73 miles away. It was the most famous instant of child in the post. <laughs> and today is International Tug of War Day. It was dropped from the Olympic Games in 1920 but tug of war still remains a worldwide sport and it is a fantastic way to get together with people and try and just have a bit of crack tug of war day today LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie you two with the sweetest thing still to come. 380 pupils will take to the stage in St. Paul's National School in Navan to perform Beauty and the Beast. We're going to be meeting some of the cast after 12. The 11 to 1 show with Gilmore's E. A few of you inquiring about the guests there, Ken and Mark, and how to sort of reach out and get in touch with them. Well, they have an email that they both of them use uh, for, for this sort of thing. So if you're somebody that might have any items that they could add to their collections or anything like that, you can find them. K-M-O-R-M-I-L-I-T-A-R-I-A. Okay, so K-M-O-R and then Militaria, M-I-L-I-T-A-R-I-A at gmail.com if you need that again I do have it here we'll keep it for you um, but, but uh, yeah they're happy for anybody to reach out and contact them also going to get some of your messages as well that were coming in throughout the morning right after Nile Horse on air online on your smart speaker this is LMFM Sinead Brazel here with you Nile Horan and Slow Hands I'd say he is definitely partial to a bit of heavage we were talking about this earlier on it is men essentially going Daring, I'm going to say, with their attire. And uh, Paul Meskel and Barry Kogan are very much into this. It is the combination of words is he and cleavage. So it refers to a man wearing a low cut top, which shows off at least an inch of chest. Are we into this? 086 1800 658. Bit of a mixed bag. Total cringe. Definitely not. I don't care if it's Paul Meskel. It's rotten looking. It's this message here. Uh, nothing wrong with a bit of chest hair. Love a bit of heavage says another message here. Very manly, says another one. Hester is on and she says, uh, I was a teenager in the 70s. Heavage was huge. Barry Gibb frequently wore his shirts open to the waist. To the waist. Hair, that's tearing. Hairy chest and also Les McEwen even from the Bay City Rollers went a step further by wearing nothing under a skimpy denim, denim jacket. Paul and Barry are tame in comparison. Hester is on board with this and yeah I'd say Paul and Barry are sort of do you know what I mean they're they're probably grooming I'd say Hester wears the likes of Barry Gibb now and Les McKeown no they, they were just going for it I'd say okay interesting but that was the 70s does it work now I am a bit weird about it I'm going to be honest keep those coming in 086 1800 658 speaking of showbiz here's the buzz 
the buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Tyler Perry teased another Medea film on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Here's what he said. I love Medea. We love Medea. Yeah. It's genius. It's genius and it's yeah. funny. Yeah. And people want to know, will we ever get to see another Medea movie? If the world keeps going crazy, yes. Yes, yes. I think we need fun, man. That's why I love watching your show. You know, just something to lift us. There's so much weight in the world right now. So, yeah, she'll, she'll, speaking of weight, she'll be back. She's really heavy. She'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. So maybe something. Maybe something. Kelly Rowland reportedly walked out of the Today Show after she thought her dressing room was not up to par. The singer was originally on the show to promote her new Netflix film, Mea Culpa. J-Lo just announced a new tour to go along with her new album, This Is Me Now. She announced it on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Because I think I started as a dancer, everything I do is about movement. You know, everything is about kind of like, how will I perform this? And even as I'm creating music, I, I tell the producers, I was like, I got to be able to, you know, perform this on stage. Like, we got to pick it up. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, and things you know like it. that. And even though I have kind of like a... R&B mid-tempo feel to my music in yeah. a way. Um, I always try to get that little funk in there. I always try to get a little bit of that stinkiness in there. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Getting back to the music now, here's Madonna. There's party vibes already in here in the studio. I am so excited because the all-star cast of Beauty and the Beast are in studio and the guys are waving in the window as well at us. Absolutely fantastic. St. Paul's National School in Navin. They are ready to take to the stage next week. We're going to meet some of them next. The 11 to 1 show. The students at St. Paul's Primary School in Navin, they have been very hard at work for the past few months as they get ready to bring their first musical production in seven years to the stage. There's over 380 pupils involved in this. It's Disney's Beauty and the Beast Junior. Plenty of singing, dancing and lots of fun for all the family planned. They're going to be taking to the stage on Tuesday the 27th of February and they're going to perform the show right up until the Friday the 1st of March. Joining me now to tell us more are the stars of the show. We have Caitlin Campbell. She's from fourth class she's playing Belle and we have Avril McKeever from third class who is playing the Beast and their very bright teacher and musical director Sarah McLaughlin is with them guys thank you so much for joining me how are we getting on? Good All good? Yeah this is great I can't believe that random people are going to be listening to this Avril <laughs> is very excited to be in the radio station even, even very very excited to play a little bit of DJ later on aren't you yeah. you're going to do a little bit of a DJ moment for me loving it okay but before we do that let's get down to business with this how excited are we one week to go how excited so excited like I can't wait at all I'm dying to do it <laughs> um uh, there's there's no nervous, there's just excitement and possibly a little bit of 
speeding excitement. Oh, speeding excitement. I get speeding excitement every time I have cool people in the studio like you guys. So I'm absolutely on fire with that. Now, Caitlin, you are playing the role of Belle and you did have to do an audition last Halloween. Talk to me about the audition. Was that nerve wracking? Yes, very nerve wracking. I was so nervous. But then when I went in, I was just grand after a while and it was just so exciting then when I came out and it was just amazing. And did you have to sing or what did you have to do in the audition? We had to sing a song and then we did a bit of dialogue and it was just so good. And talk to me about yourself then. Are you into sort of the performing arts? Have you done singing and dancing outside of school? Yes, I do singing outside of school and I used to do dancing outside of school and I just love performing on stage. Oh yeah, you can tell she has the star quality already. Avril, what did you say to me during the ad break about Caitlin and her singing? What did you say she was like? Um, I would said she'd be the new Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she she is going to be the next Taylor Swift, absolutely. And we're going to get a little hint of her singing later on. But Avril, tell us a little bit about you now, because you also had to audition. Little on me, wow. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're playing the Beast. So how excited were you when you got the part? Well, it took me a moment to process it a bit. Um, I just have the script in my arms. Miss McLaughlin said. Um, well, the the roles you play, the roles you played as, are the roles you have now, and I and I was just reading the script, and I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that Avril is definitely gonna be on the world stage and in in years to come as well. Avril, wow, you definitely. are you're you're headed for superstardom as well. Are you like Caitlin? Do you do singing and dancing and acting outside of school? No, but inside, I'm in the classroom. I'm the Jim Carrey. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> we need the Jim Carrey of the classroom with us, absolutely. So you like a bit of trick and a bit of messing? Yes, it's probably in the name Avril. You have A-V or I, and then the last bit is... The laughter. Laughter, yeah. The laughter and the crack. <laughs> love it, love it. So talk to me about your role now as the Beast, um, you know, because he's quite angry, isn't he, in the first half of this? Yeah, um... To be honest, he's nothing like my actual personality, but um, yeah, he is quite angry at the beginning and then he kind of softens up near enough to the middle. Okay. And do you have to do a lot of roaring or what sort of beast-like activity do you have to do in the the first half? Well, the the voice is completely mine. The roaring is is a bit of, of special effects. Fantastic. If I was to put you on the spot now, can you give us an L beast roar? Uh, <laughs> oh, go on. Avril, you're so good at it. Go for it. Um, I don't know if I should do a, a, I don't know if I should do a line or a roar. Do where you say I'm the master of this house and you come in and do your roar. Um, oh yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. I am the master of this castle and I'm telling you to come down to dinner. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. shivering. I'm shivering. Oh teacher, teacher is with us as well. We have Sarah McLaughlin, musical director, producer. Pretty much everything involved in this show is landing on your shoulders. Talk to me about you. Must be so proud. Like they're fantastic. So proud. They're absolutely phenomenal. And you were asking, you know, about how they were cast. We had over like hundred people audition, like about hundred and fifty auditions, uh, auditionees, and um, it was spaced out over the of course of about a month. Um, where we had callbacks, round two, round three. 
So and very then, like real life. Pretty, it really you know, was. It was yeah, very, yeah. very much professionally done. Yeah. Myself, Miss Gibbons, uh, Mrs. Daly, the three of us um, did that part of it. Um, but when we had it narrowed down to like 60, then 40, and then we had it whittled down to 13 people, we knew that they were going to be the leads. But we actually at that point still didn't know who was going to be what part. So we spent about a week or two reading different roles and reading through the script and taking turns. And these guys and the others just naturally started assuming their roles. You know, they all started like developing, you know, the little quirks of the characters. And straight away, it's like, well, that's our belle, that's our beast. And the others, like Gaston, the Lafouze, uh, Lumiere with the French accent, <laughs> just started kicking in. in the studio yeah, they yeah. just naturally start assuming the roles that it's like, wow, like we nearly didn't have to choose. It's like the role chose them. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So it kind of happened all very really organically. Really organically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. talk to me about the story because this is Beauty and the Beast Junior. So talk to me about the, is it is it the Beauty and the Beast that it we is. all know and love, or is there a few it little is. elements it, added? It's the Disney one that you all love. The only difference really is that it's just shortened now at the moment it's still three hours long oh, but wow. <laughs> hopefully that's no. a lot of time on the stage <laughs> no yeah, like yeah. you ask them are they nervous and they're like cool breezes they're not nervous I'm nervous because we have people coming next week to an hour and 15 show and it's currently running time is three hours <laughs> so it's still the same show but it's it's shorter songs it's a shorter storyline but the essential story is still there and it's, yeah it's fabulous and you have 380 pupils to manage on a stage Sarah like and you're looking she's looking fresh faced and, and bushy tail there for us that's for sure on the outside just on the outside it's like the swan the crazy legs going underneath yeah um, but yeah it's it's difficult but we have such a huge amount of staff we are so lucky in St Paul's we've staff over 50 we have so many committees helping out so we have like our choir directors we have our stage crew we've costumes design lighting sound effects we have a person for every job in our school. That's why we're so lucky. With big numbers with kids, it also means big numbers of staff. So, yeah. so and we have parents association helping out as well. They've been absolutely phenomenal. Um so yeah, it you know, you were saying at the start it's me running everything. It's not. There's about fifty people all working together to pull this off and it's going to be fantastic. It's a team effort, absolutely. It really is a team effort. And this yeah. is the first time now in about seven years that the school has performed anything on this scale as a musical. So no pressure as I well. I know. <laughs> and if you saw the musicals that came before this, like the standard was so high. Like at the start when Miss McCoy, you know, we'd come back from COVID and we were keen to have a musical and Miss McCoy was like, look, I know we've, you know, set our sights on the stars in the past. Like it doesn't have to be at that level, you know we can come back a little bit from it. And I was like, if, if I'm involved in anything and I'm putting my name to this, we're going bigger, go home, you yeah. know? So it is, it's going to be big. We're going to aim for as good as all the previous shows we've done over the last 20 years. And hopefully we pull it off. And I know with these two sitting beside me and our... Uh, in an Oscar who also here in the studio with us here and the rest of the cast members and all the people helping out it's going to be fantastic it really will now we're going to get a little bit of a taster of a performance Caitlin Barry just get yourself ready there now talk to me about the song that you're going to sing you're going to sing a little bit of this song for us aren't you yes this song is um, Maurice my dad who's played by Dara is after being took away from me and I'm locked up in this castle and I really don't know what's going on at all. And I'm so upset and I just break into song. OK, so in your own time, for the first time on radio, everybody, Caitlin Campbell in the role of Belle for Beauty and the Beast. Take it away. Yes, I made the choice for Papa, I will stay. But I don't deserve to lose my freedom in this way. 
monster. If you think that what you've done is right, well then, you're a fool. Think again. Is this home? Is this where I should learn to be happy? Never dreamed that a home could be dark and cold. I was told every day in my childhood, even when we grow old, home should be where the heart is. Never were words so true. My heart's far, far away. Home is too. What I give to return to the life that I knew lately, and to think I complained. Of that dull provincial town. Absolutely amazing, everybody! Oh my goodness me! Yes, next Taylor Swift, Avril. I think. It, I think. It, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. So, how can we get tickets? How can I get my hands on tickets to see this amazing performance? Well, I'm going to go into advertising, Avril. Ninety-nine percent off. Um, <laughs> you know, you actually can't get tickets at the moment. They're all sold out. They are all sold out already. Yes. Now, you can still contact our school. Um, if you look up St. Paul's, you'll get the number there. You could contact our school for the matinee session, but the four nights, unfortunately, are all sold out. Okay, There's guys. still a number of tickets for the daytime matinee. That is on the Thursday at 11 a.m. Fantastic. Uh, which I think is the 29th. Yes, the yeah. 29th. Okay, so people can catch it there. How does it feel? You're sold out already before the first night has even happened. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, she well, Mrs. Caitlin's taking over my microphone right here. <laughs> Miss Avril, I'm gonna get you to come yeah. around here because yes. Avril has a lifelong ambition to be a radio DJ, don't um, you? Could I say something before I press the button? You can, yeah, yeah. Um if you're if people listening at home in their car or anything, if you're wondering how I got how I wanted to um odd audition it was my teacher miss my wonderful teacher miss Greeley. uh she's the one who who said you have to audition if you don't audition you will miss it well you see teachers like miss Greeley are, are very important in your life and that's the teacher that you're going to remember because yeah. when you do become famous you're going to go it's all started back there with that yeah. teacher you know okay yeah. come over here come over here yeah. we're going we're gonna to show you how to do this now right because Avril wants to do a little bit of a DJ moment right so we're going into our ad break now Avril right very important before before we go into the ad break I have to sort of say goodbye to everyone here first and you're going to press that big green button in a minute when I tell you, right? So, guys, Beauty and the Beast, this uh, students from St. Paul's National School, 27th of February to the 1st of March, 7pm. Tickets are gone. You may ring the school and find out if there's any cancellations. Best of luck to all of the cast and crew involved. For now, we're going to say goodbye and Avril's going to hit the button. Go for it. There you go. The 11 to 1 show. Hi. 
And they've left in a cloud of laughter and giggles and everything else. Aren't they amazing? It is very nerve-wracking to be on the radio at the best of times. These guys are only, you know, in third and fourth class. They are superstars in the making and I'm wishing all of the gang in St. Paul's National School in Navin all the best of luck. Now, getting back to the music and this fella's making a comeback. Yep, making a comeback, Daniel Beddingfield. Apparently, his hit song, Gotta Get Through This, is actually 20 years old. Ah, here. I'm definitely feeling old now, but he's making a little comeback, a little tentative comeback, I think, into the music uh, scene because he did sort of flee the music circuit because of all the attention back in the day. But he's going to do a little mini tour to celebrate and mark the um, 20 years of his hit single, Gotta Get Through This. So he is going to be playing Manchester, Birmingham, London uh, in April. So fair play to him. Delighted to see him back on the scene. And who knows, he might love it and come back and do more. Uh, Now we have music from Teddy Swims on the way but first it's time for this LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online check out the latest Northeast news sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie Loud Me the Education Training Board invites applications from suitably qualified persons for the following position it's an apprenticeship instructor in metal fabrication regional skills and training centred in Dock County Loud for details and applications check out careers.lmetb.ie the closing date for this position is the 27th of February and you can check out more local jobs on lmfm.ie LMFM Job Search Teddy Swims lose control just want to remind you um, a couple of weeks ago we spoke to author Kat Walker she's from the States originally but she's living in Mornington and she wanted to remind people that her book launch is happening this Thursday the 22nd of February from 7 to 9pm in Academy Books in Drogheda and it is Fireworks Irish Fireworks is the name of the book so it centres on the O'Briens a family of dedicated firefighters from Chicago they're well versed in the risks of their profession but they embrace these hazards as part of the job however beyond the flames they sometimes find themselves entangled in unexpected predicaments and it is very much all different genres here there's kind of a crime element there's a there's gangsters and the mob and that kind of thing going on there's a love story in there as well plenty of drama so Irish Fireworks by Cat Walker it's going to be launched in Academy Books this Thursday from 7 to 9pm there's Dido with Thank You. We've got music from the script on the way for you. Oh, the 11 to 1 show. There's the script with Superheroes. Now, Social Entrepreneurs Ireland, they are on their annual call now for people with an idea to solve a social or environmental problem. And you also need to have the passion to make it happen. So it's Social Entrepreneurs Ireland Ideas Academy Class of 2024. They are calling on the next generation of social entrepreneurs uh, to, to, to get involved. And this is the 20th anniversary as well of this. And uh, they've been, so they've been on the go since 2004, but they've supported more than 600 social entrepreneurs across Ireland in areas such as mental health, homelessness, the environment, education, unemployment, providing over over 14 million in funding as well, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, so they're looking for people to register for this. So 
The registrations are open now until Tuesday, March 12th. And the Ideas Academy, basically what it is, is it's a three-month programme open to anyone wanting to make a real difference in the community and create positive change for the nation. And it's all part of a 500,000 investment by Social Entrepreneurs Ireland in early stage social entrepreneurship this year. So it's uh, applications uh, and registration and all the information that you need. So the information is uh, online uh, t- t- tomorrow, Tuesday to February 12th. So if you check out socialentrepreneurs.ie forward slash the Ideas Academy, all of the details are there and 30 successful applicants will receive training and support to kind of, you know, work out sort of your your solution or your plan. So all the info, socialentrepreneurs.ie forward slash the Ideas Academy. The Arrhythmics finishing out the show today. Sweet dreams. That's we've done it. We're halfway through Monday. That is the sweet spot, all right. Thank you so much to the guests. Thanks to you for your company. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll chat to you again tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app.